Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Form 3.tech podcast. My name is Kevin Holditch, host of the podcast today, VP of Engineering Platform at Form 3. Today I'm super excited that I've been joined by Soren Matthias from Terramate.io. Hopefully I said your name correctly there, Soren. Uh, how's it going today? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's very correctly pronunciated. Um, thanks for having me, Kevin. Good to be here. Cool. I think, uh, do you want to give us a bit of an intro into what Terramate is for maybe the listeners who haven't heard of the product before? Yeah, sure. So, um, hi everyone. Um, as already said by Kevin, um, my name is Soren and I am one of the co-founders and currently CEO of Terramate. We're a relatively young company out of Berlin and Los Angeles, founded early in 2023. Yeah, so what is Terramate? Terramate basically consists of two components. So on one hand, there is Terramate CLI, which is an open source orchestrator and code generator for infrastructure as code tools such as Terraform, OpenTofu, CloudFormation and others. And then there's TerraMate Cloud, which is basically an um, observability and visibility, um, aka um, ISC management platform that then helps you to visualize all your um, TerraMate stacks and understand what's going on in your infrastructure as code. Okay, great. So I guess what is the, what is the use case for TerraMate then? So I think a lot of people out there are probably using Terraform or maybe a lot of people are probably using Terraform to manage their infrastructure as code. So why would they then use TerraMate? What does TerraMate give you on top of Terraform? Right, so... In Terramate, the basic concept that we add are stacks, called Terramate stacks. And a stack consists of a bunch of infrastructure code, state, as well as configuration, right? And infrastructure code um, could be Terraform, OpenTofu, but also any other infrastructure as code um, vendor because we are ISC agnostic, right? The reason why you would like to use stacks is typically if you work in traditional Terraform environment, environments, let's focus a little bit on Terraform, you end up working with relatively large state files that then result in longer CI or CI-CD runtime executions, right? So stacks enable you to split this up. And now that you use stacks to split up your state into multiple smaller isolated units to, you know, have fast execution runtimes within those individual stacks, but also to, to lower risk such as blast radios, Terramate CLI adds a bunch of other features to make this usable. For example, one thing would be orchestration to understand and define what commands are executed in stacks. So that could be kubectl apply in all stacks that manage Kubernetes manifest or Terraform apply in stacks that manage Terraform stacks, right? We also add change detection that allows you to detect stacks that contain changes only. So instead of always executing, for example, Terraform in the entire code base, let's assume you manage um, different components such as VPCs, database, network, Kubernetes clusters, whatnot. If you were to introduce a change on the Kubernetes cluster only, um, you can detect this with Terramate. We also have a code generation feature, which basically allows you to generate native Terraform code, um, but also to other um, other codes such as YAML or JSON. And um, this is typically helpful because now that you work in stacks, each stack, um, in the sense of Terraform, has a provider and backend configuration file that you either 
maintained manually by hand or you just have TerraMate generating this for you? So it says on your website that you can reduce the the runtime from Terraform. Typically, you give the example, I think, of 20-minute project going down to a couple of minutes. Is that kind of one of the main benefits you get out of a stack? Because now you've broken your your project into much smaller units where you can just detect, oh, you've only changed the, the networking, so I'm only going to apply that part of the Terraform um, code. And also, under the covers, does it still do a Terraform plan and Terraform apply? It's just running that on a smaller subset of resources? Or does it do something more clever than that? Correct. So as mentioned um, um, a minute ago, Stacks and Terraform are ISC agnostic, so we don't really care whether you manage Terraform or any other ISC vendor, which also directly relates to the command. You can run any command in Terraform Stacks. can be Terraform apply, can also be, uh, for example, a TFLint or Chekhov or Rego or whatnot. Uh, the primary use case of Stacks is to solve two problems or two challenges. A are uh, CI/CD runtimes or execution runtimes that scale linearly with the amount of Terraform resources managed under the hood. And B is blast radios, right? And blast radios directly relates to business risk. So let's assume you were to manage all of your um, infrastructure within a single code base. Now, if you touch this every time you introduce a change, that, that reflects a relatively big blast radius. So those are the two main challenges that we try to address here. Other than that, there are many developer-centric features built around Stacks. For example, Stacks can be cloned and compared, means that you know you can easily promote changes in between Stacks. Um, you can easily use Stacks to also represent entire environments. Stacks can be nested, so you can, for example, have one stack that represents a VPC and then a nested stack that represents a subnetwork, and TerraMate would take care of executing those in a hierarchical manner, right? So, I think what we're trying to achieve here is to give you a way to structure your Terraform code or any other ISC code um, following primary rules of the you know directory tree file system that makes it very usable for developers in general. Yeah, I think one point you just said there just just leapt out at me that the ability that you can promote changes between environments because I think that's a big problem that I'm starting to see across a number of domains that not many tools really take into account. Like there's been this big movement towards GitOps, which is great for deploying changes, but then how do you solve a problem where you want to deploy something to dev first, then maybe to staging, and then to staging, then to production? So the fact that you've addressed that out of the box, I think is quite interesting because with raw Terraform, there's no real way of doing that, I guess, unless you muck around with branches and promote changes between branches and have different workspace point of different branches but it's all very fiddly so can you talk a bit more about that is that so is there a possibility in TerraMate to say right I've got this environment let's call it dev I'm going to copy it twice that's going to be staging and then production and then I'm going to promote changes to dev and then I'm going to manage that through my environment pipeline because I think that's quite an interesting concept yeah that's one of the that's one of the use cases that we offer so if we talk explicitly about Terraform, there are many or multiple ways on how to structure different environment, right? There's native workspaces in Terraform. And then there is the, the, the approach um, that people are more sort of used to from coming, um, by coming from tools such as Terragrant, whereas you map um, environments, um, onto your, um, directory tree, onto, onto your file system. 
In Terraway, we don't really care so much about which approach you follow. And um, I did a poll recently on LinkedIn that got something like 250 votes or so that showed that you know users are kind of in the middle. There's like half of the audience using the file system and then other the other half of the audience using workspaces. Um, but if we if we look at how this adds up to Terramate, so in Terramate you can basically structure um, environments composed of stacks, right? So now if you want to promote this to a different environment, um, Terramate has two different commands, one for cloning entire environments, um, which basically then also, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more technical, but it would also under the hood update like whatever code you generate with Terramate and make it more unique so it can be promoted to a different, different environment with basically one command. The other um, command that we um, um, offer here is to basically compare two environments or multiple environments, which is very similar to Git diff to understand, you know, are there any inconsistencies between those two environments? And then, and if so, how can we resolve those? And the reason for that is that, you know, very, very often, um, very often also from, from our own experience, we see that, you know, folks start development something in, in development, um, in dev environment, stage environment, whatnot for some time before they promote it to production. But depending on the complexity of whatever they develop, it's pretty hard to understand what has actually happened 20 pull requests in, right? So we try to simplify this. Okay. Very, very cool. Um, so you mentioned TerraGrant there a couple of times. I think a lot of people in the audience probably be um, familiar with TerraGrant. Can you just give us a bit of a high-level difference between TerraMate and TerraGrant and what the, the different types of problems they look to solve? Yeah, sure. So TerraGrant is a great tool that has been published by this and maintained by this company um, called GruntWork. And I think they did a lot of good things to the you know, to the industry. And they were also in the ecosystem pretty early on uh, when Terraform was not as mature as it is yet. But one of the fundamental challenges with TerraGrant is that it's a wrapper around Terraform. So that means, you know, if I was to use TerraGrant, I basically move out of a native Terraform environment and I cannot directly integrate with third-party vendors such as Terraform Cloud anymore. So it kind of has an and hard lock-in effect. Also, too, the way that TerraGrant works is that basically they don't help you to detect whatever has changed in your environment. So let's say you run TerraGrant in CI/CD. It typically always executes on your entire code base. So how does that relate to TerraMate? So TerraMate is um, mainly a code generator and orchestrator, meaning that you can use TerraMate to generate Terraform code, but whatever you do with TerraMate, you always end up in a native Terraform environment, meaning that you know if you experiment with TerraMate and you realize 20 days in that it's not for you, you can just remove the configuration files that um, initialize TerraMate in your Terraform project and you still end up having native Terraform code only. Right, it can still be executed in Terraform Cloud or whatever other vendor of your choice you may use. There's no hard login. Also, too, the way that stacks work in Terramate is infrastructure as code agnostic. Right, so we don't wrap around Terraform. You can manage whatever ISC tool with Terramate. Right, could be Kubernetes, kubectl, customized Terraform, Open Tofu, whatnot. Whereas TerraGrant is in SOAR wrapper around um, around Terraform. It only specializes on Terraform. The third thing here is the change detection that I, and the orchestration that I already mentioned. So in TerraMate, um, you have orchestration logic and change detection that enables you to execute commands in a 
you know, list of filtered stacks, for example, all stacks that have changes in a recent commit branch or pull request or all stacks that have a certain tag or multiple certain tags, etc. So I would say Terragrant is great. Terra made is somewhat uh, superior and offers more use cases. And also to, if you want to add change detection, for example, to Terragrant, you can of course use TerraMate to orchestrate Terragrant projects as well. So the both projects synergize with each other. Okay, I see. So that brings me on nicely to how would you go about running TerraMate then? Because it sounds like it's kind of an orchestrator, so you would run it and get it to execute commands such as Terraform or whatever under the bonnet. So typically, how do people sort of ex- execute TerraMate in their sort of CI flows, or do you run it as part of a GitHub action, or yeah, what's currently what's the typical setup? Yeah, so so great question. Let's compare this directly to how you would typically run Terraform, right? So with Terraform, either you would use a specialized vendor such as, you know, HashiCorp's Terraform Cloud itself. There's multiple um, um, other vendors in the market that exist as well. Or you would execute it in your own CI CD, whereas you would basically invoke the Terraform command, right? In a bunch of, in a, in a single repository or in a bunch of repositories. So what TerraMate does now, all you need to basically do is instead of invoking Terraform directly, TerraMate comes with a command that is called TerraMate run. And, and Terramate run accepts a few parameters, for example, the command that you want to execute. So it could be as simple as Terramate run Terraform apply. Uh, and that would automatically apply uh, run Terraform apply in each stack following the order of execution in Terramate. The main difference here is that, you know, instead of calling, instead of invoking Terraform apply once on your entire code base, you know, it would basically and do this in every single stack, right? Following this, you know, order of execution that I already mentioned. In GitHub Actions, we have um, a pre-configured open source GitHub Action, of course, that you can use. And there's also various guides for GitLab and, and, and Bitbucket. And basically, you know, if you want to try it, it's not hard to implement. Basically, you just replace the Terraform commands that you already have and um, append TerraMate run in front of those. Okay. And does it do anything clever with the state file that's generated or does it just allow Terraform to save it natively to wherever it would do, you know, normally? Because if you've basically got multiple Terraform projects under the bonnet, which I'm assuming is how it works with each stack, they're all going to end up with different state files. So how does it manage? Does it abstract that away for you? Or have you still as an engineer got to think about, oh, I've got to put that state in S3 somehow and not have it clash with this other project? So we don't take care of where your state file is um, saved. Yeah, So we don't abstract away the backend for you. And the backend in Terraform is to, uh, in OpenTofu is where your state is safe, right? So this could be Terraform Cloud, could be S3, could be um, 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 Google Cloud Storage, or any other backend as well as local backend, for example. Yeah? What TerraMate does, though, is it abstracts away the backend configuration for you. So you can use TerraMate to say, hey, generate a Terraform backend configuration in every single stack for me. Uh, and now let's, if we, if we look at S3 as a use case, if you use S3 as a state backend in Terraform, typically each backend definition has a unique key, right? So now 
Terra-made stacks come with something that is called metadata, whereas every stack has on a very basic level an UUID assigned that you can use within the Terra-made code generation to generate a backend file, a Terraform backend file within every single stack that references this UUID in order to have a unique um, um, state pass, right? This is a pattern that is very commonly used. And if you think the code generation a little bit further, it can be, you know, as advanced as generating entire Terraform modules or scripts for stacks that follow specific patterns such as pass, name, Tags, metadata, whatnot. So it can, you know, you can you can move to some pretty advanced um, mode. I feel, yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's very cool that you've solved the problem of you know generating those backend files in a sort of deterministic way because that's a problem that people can run into where, especially when you have multiple environments and you want to use the same code to generate like a dev, a staging, and a prod with different state backends. So that sounds like it's like a solved problem with TerraMate. That yeah. Correct. So the, the the idea here was that platform teams and DevOps team, DevOps platform cloud teams have, you know, full flexibility configuring this on how those files are generated and always in a way that native Terraform code is generated, right? But then developers, they don't, they, they shouldn't need to mess around with the underlying complexity. So for example, Terramate comes with a command that is called Terramate create. And with Terramate create, you can create a new stack. So now if I was to Let's say I create a new stack and I give it a tag Terraform. The way that I can configure this code generation is that those files are automatically created up on stack creation so that a developer would never need to touch this even. So something where we, you know, I, I think put a lot of thoughts into how to make this accessible and how to improve the developer experience here as well. Okay. What about if you've got if someone's listening to this and they they think this this sounds interesting? Do you have to kind of start with Terramate from the get go, or can you sort of retrofit it to an existing Terraform project? Is that kind of an easy is easy thing to do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, um, it's obviously not the first time that someone uh, someone asked me that. Um, <laughs> so the you know obviously most of the folks that look at Terramate have already something in place, right? They already have a Terraform project or any other ISC project. So asking them to start from scratch wouldn't be of much benefit for them. That's why Terramate comes with commands that basically enable you and allow you to easily onboard Terramate in existing Terraform and Terra Grunt projects. We are working on more integrations, for example, Pulumni here as well. Basically, how this works in Terraform is let's assume you already use multiple backend configurations or multiple stacks uh, in Terraform. By the way, Terramate also will work natively with um, Terraform stacks. Those can, you know, just be onboarded with a single command. And all Terramate does is it basically declares stack configuration files within those directories so that Terramate considers them as, as a stack, right? It doesn't even change your code or so. It does not require you to um, put in engineering hours in whatever you have already, and it's done within a minute. Okay, that's very cool. So someone's got an easy way to adopt this then. And I suppose to get the full benefit, once they're sort of on board with Terramate, they could then look at breaking up their project into 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 Terramate stacks to then get even more benefit. Correct. So that's the sort of general migration path that people probably follow. 
I notice on your website you're in the middle of launching a cloud product. So what does that entail? Is that a way for people to run TerraMate or is that a dashboard or you yeah. know, what problem is that helping to solve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. So, you know, when you introduce stacks to your um, to your infrastructure as code base, quite often you would, you know, soon reach a number, you know, hundreds or a couple of hundreds of stacks that you manage, right? Depending on the size of your infrastructure. So now monitoring this, observing this can become a challenge. And by that, I mean, hey, are all my stacks healthy? Are there any drifts in my stacks? What is managed within a stack? To whom does this stack belong to? Who owns this, right? Which is something that we manage cleverly with code owners. Deployment metrics, Dora metrics for stack deployments and stuff. Slack notifications. So what we do here is with Terramate Cloud, we basically build a platform on top that allows you to, with Terramate CLI, by just, you know, logging into the cloud, basically, is Terramate CLI login, easily sync all your data um, from the CLI to the cloud, make it more understandable for teams. Um, as said, we add things here such as drift detection, reconciliation, remediation, and metrics and observability. And something that we will build in the future is um, asset inventory management, um, you know, to be- better understand what what part of your cloud infrastructure is managed with ISC versus what is not. And I think the goal here is to provide um, what would be a good comparison, Netlify versus sell kind of user experience to folks that use infrastructure as code. But what we don't do is um, we're not in CI or not yet another CI CD provider. I think that is a solved problem and that market is taken, you know, Terraform Cloud, of, of course, being here at the forefront, but then also others exist. So we assume that you always run Terramate, Terraform, whatever ISC tool in and CICD that exists already. If you want to do this in GitHub Actions, cool. We have integrations for that that, you know, enable you to basically um, um, install Terramate with a one-click action. If you use Terraform Cloud, you can also sync your data from there. We're in the process of becoming an, an, an HashiCorp partner. Yeah, hope that makes sense. I see. So it's more of a sort of a lens and a and a information tool, so a way to you to view and inspect what's going on rather than actually take action on it. So you can you can sort of see how many types of projects are being run, who's making changes, how far they're getting out of date, and that type of thing. Rather than in Terraform code, you'd actually typically apply Terraform from from the UI. Exactly, exactly. And 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 if you think about it, you know. Running Terraform, there's so many companies out there that pitch that pitch on being a Terraform automation, right? Taco. And Terraform, I think it's called Terraform Automation Collaboration something. Yeah? Forgot it. I always forget about that. But is that really the problem? I mean, yes. Running Terraform at a scale is an issue. Building pipelines can be complex, especially if you want to have compliance checks, cost prediction, and those kind of things. But what I feel is that, you know, if you look at the basic level of pull request, many people think that a deployment in Terraform maps directly onto a pull request, right? But what happens if you merge, you know, and the apply fails? How are you supposed to see that other than, you know, go directly in your GitHub actions and look at this? So what I'm trying to say here is that the, the product that we're building here with the dashboard is basically targeted towards developer and improving developer experience, right? To understand, to really have a dashboard with, you know, easy to consume and understandable data and, and metrics that give you more insights on how 
the state of your ISC looks like and also to improve collaboration. In Terramate CLI, in stacks, you know, that there, there, there are things such as stack dependencies and ordering and cloning and comparison. I, I mentioned it already, which makes, which, which basically helps you to save a lot of time when writing and maintaining Terraform code. But now that you manage stacks at a scale, it's sufficient to have a better overview about things and stuff such as Slack notifications, et cetera. So whenever you work, you know, with a decently sized team on that, um, I believe it's good to have a UI and, you know, searchable, searchable data. Yeah, totally. I can definitely see the value add if you're working in, particularly in like GitHub Actions or in Jenkins or something like that, where you're running Terramate yourself, like on commit, to have this sort of cloud tool that really open your eyes to a, to a lot of information, I can imagine. So I think before we wrap the show up, I'm just interested to touch upon what is kind of the pricing for Terramate? Can people get started for free or, you know, what's what's the situation there? Yeah, the password that we use here is product-led growth, right? So there's a free tier on, uh, on, 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 on Terramate Cloud. I think the kind of methodology that we're trying to follow here is that half a team should always run for free and in a, in a full team that, you know, benefits, benefits the most should pay. And also too, um, on the pricing, um, currently we just look at seat based pricing, which would be 49 bucks, um, um, a month. We do not plan to implement such something such as stack based or resource based or so in the, in, in the future because we can already see that. It doesn't really, you know, Terraform Cloud recently introduced um, 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 resource-based pricing, and I can see there's a lot of whirlwind in the community, folks not being too happy with that. And ultimately, I think our goal is also to onboard as much stacks, resource as, as possible to the platform. Uh, so yeah, trying to provide um, maximum value at overseeable costs. Yeah, I was interested when companies introduce a pricing model that disincentivizes like the correct engineering behavior. Yeah. Which is what those types of pricing models seem to do, where they charge you per resource that you're managing. Because a lot of people's reaction to that is going to be, well, I'll just put less yeah. on that platform then. And, and uh, yeah, and, and so you can see this by Terra, by in Terraform Cloud that now. You know, the, the pricing starts at the per workspace level and stuff. And people start re-engineering their code because they end up with a less significant bill on a monthly basis. And I think that's just so wrong. I don't want to put refactoring efforts in my existing code base just to save money on the automation side. If it's about, if it's about how fast I can execute and if developers are blocked and so, yes. But if it's just about the pricing, it doesn't even have an impact on, you know, Delivery speed, uh, security, or whatnot, and then I think something is fundamentally wrong. Hundred percent. It could also have a negative impact on speed because it could cause you to combine projects into a massive workspace to save money. Or and um, you know, I I think that it's similar for us. So the the pricing that I communicate today will learn a lot as we go, and it will it will it will it will change and evolve. But you know, in a sense of because we're directly pointing to Terramate Cloud, a Terraform Cloud here, I think the pricing decisions they they took were suboptimal. So I'm not here to you know to to have a rant to start a rant or so. But I think that if you if you look at the the kind of feedback that is publicly available, it's inevitable that this, that the pricing will change yet again in the future and hopefully be more customer friendly again. Yeah. No, totally. 
Awesome. Thanks a lot for, for joining me today. I think that's pretty much all we've got time for. Just before we go, is there any sort of plugs you want to give for TerraMate, like where someone can go to get started or learn more or any any features you've got coming out Do you want to let people know about? Yeah. So first of all, if you are interested in exploring TerraMate, um, feel free to navigate to terramate.io. Um, we have a public Discord, Discord community that you can um, join. TerraMate CLI is open source, so we always appreciate community contributions and efforts. In any case, I'm always happy and eager to learn about how folks manage infrastructure as code, specifically Terraform. So, you know, if you feel that there's a need for you to, to learn how to optimize things or just to look at TerraMate, feel free to reach out. Um, whether it's Discord, um, um, my LinkedIn or, or, or Twitter, it's, um, yeah, either way is fine. Um, other than that, Kevin, thank you so much for having me today. It was really great talking to you and um, thanks to everybody for listening in. And thanks to you for, for joining us on the show. It's been great. Thank you for listening to the Take podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about us, visit form3.tech.